Welcome to Holy Trinity Catholic Church from Beaverton, Oregon. Well, good morning, everybody. I trust all of you are sufficiently waterlogged by now. If you're not, I'm told that there is actually some sunny, dry weather on the way. <clears throat> Apparently, it's supposed to arrive by about May, so... <laughs> True story, on the way into work this morning, I go by a lumber yard and they have one of the electronic signs like ours. And uh, this was their message. It said, stay cool and well hydrated. <laughs> I don't know if they were trying to be funny or <laughs> what that was about. So uh, many of you know, earlier this week, I returned from Philadelphia where I was visiting our daughter who's in school there. And you know, um, with COVID, I've not traveled a whole lot lately. And so I was struck by the the way that travel has really changed in a short period of time. So it's become so efficient and digital and automated, right? I mean, buy your tickets online, check in online. Need to check a bag? Go to a kiosk. Boarding passes? Come right to your phone. Sit down in your seat and what? Turn and say hi to your neighbor? No, 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 no. Put on your headphones and select from the menu on the screen in front of you, right? So. It's, there's legs of my journey, guys, where I don't think I had to interact with a human being at all, right? I didn't have to learn a name. I didn't have to ask a question. I never even had to enter into a conversation. And it was super efficient, which I admit kind of appealed to me in a certain way, but also kind of impersonal and even maybe a bit isolating, especially for someone like me who, I know you won't believe this, but is kind of an introvert anyway, right? So I was thinking about this later on, and it occurred to me that, gosh, isn't that just our life and our lives nowadays? Efficiency and fluidity and mobility and transitoriness. I mean, just as an example, think about how quickly things pass into and out of our lives in a way that probably would have made our grandparents' heads spin. So our homes, our jobs, our technologies, the crises in the news, Right? Even things that are more core to who we are, so the communities that we move in and out of, friends who come and go, values that we were raised with that we thought were forever but aren't, our kids who come into our lives and then grow up and move out. So life is fast and changing and fluid and efficient, which isn't all bad, but there's a danger too. And that danger is that we get caught up and just swept along until we lose our sense of connection and rootedness and direction and end up feeling anxious and lost and alone. I don't know if you saw this. Last year there was a study done on the size of our social circles. So in other words, how many friends Americans tend to have these days. And the results, especially for men, were both eye-opening and concerning. So get this. Would you believe half of the men in our country 49% report having two or fewer friends in their lives. Two or fewer. 30 years ago, that number was 17%. Now it's 49%, half. 15% of men, one five, report having no close friends at all. And if we're talking about our young men, those under 30, it's even worse. 28%, 28% of our young men, more than one in four, report having no close social connections at all. None at all. 
So the numbers for women are a little bit better, but the trend is still there. We're rapidly becoming a society of lonely, isolated, and rootless individuals. And if you turn on the news, you'll see it all there, right? It all shows up in our deteriorating mental health, our increasing crime and addiction rates, and most tragically, in the rise in the number of suicides. So sociologists, they've coined a phrase for this brave new world that we've kind of entered. They call it liquid modernity. Isn't that a descriptive phrase? Liquid modernity. Liquid because it feels like there's nothing solid in our lives. Liquid because everything moves so fast. Liquid because change is so constant and we're all so mobile and everything is so transitory that it's hard to find a stable sense of meaning or purpose or direction or belonging. One sociologist says we've gone from under understanding ourselves as pilgrims in search of deeper meaning to tourists. Tourists who pursue fleeting experience after fleeting experience after fleeting experience. But unfortunately, fleeting experiences don't fulfill those deeper hungers, don't satisfy those deeper hungers in our hearts for things like community and beauty and wisdom and tradition and purpose. So guys, there is a huge need here and also I think a huge opportunity for us as Christians, right? We're not going to change an entire society on our own, at least not quickly, but I think we do have something to offer. Following Jesus, we have a hope to offer. A refuge to offer. In our gospel this morning, the Sadducees, they come before Jesus seeking to ridicule and undermine hope, in their case, hope in the resurrection. And they use the example, which is made up, I'll grant you, but still, of a woman who in her own way was desperate for stability and security and belonging and identity. And tragically, fate denied her this as it stole from her husband after husband after husband. Jesus' response here is what I think is so instructive. So in response to a fate and to a world that would leave this poor woman alone, forgotten, lost, anonymous, Jesus points to an eminently personal God. An eminently personal God. Hope is found, he says, and he's very specific in how he says this, in the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. So in other words, friends, in the God who knows our names. The God who knows our names. And to those of us who feel anxious or restless or rootless, this God says, my child, this world may not offer you a place to stand, but you will always have a place at my side. And you may feel lost and directionless, but with me there is a way. And the world may only see you as a pawn or a product, or a cog in the machine, but I know your name. And though you'll find no lasting home in the world, I've already prepared a home for you, with me, forever. My friends, this week, that's the God that I would challenge you to make present in your life and in the lives of those you encounter. You know, Pope Francis has said over and over again that in this time in history, there's no more important job we have as Christians than to seek out the lost, to remember the forgotten, and to accompany the lonely. My guess is that if we look, it wouldn't be too hard for any of us to find one person in our life 
that fits that description. So this week, your homework is to seek out that one person, that one maybe anonymous individual, and to call them by name, and to be the hand of God stretched out to them in friendship. Thank you for joining us. You can learn more on our parish website at h-t.org. We hope that you will subscribe to our YouTube channel or try and join us for Mass if you're local. Again, all the information will be on h-t.org.